Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All for real, the podcast about Texas Texans and Texas culture. Uh, with no further ado, I got a uh, longtime friend of mine. Uh, his name is Bobby Harris, and I'll let him tell you some more about himself. Hey, what's going on? Uh, Bobby Harris here. Uh, grew up in Hillsboro, Texas. Born and raised Texan. Now I'm out in Nashville for the time being. Um, <clears throat> running businesses, doing marketing. I have a my own marketing agency called Revolt. I got a couple brands that I've launched. I'm kind of probably a serial entrepreneur. I got to put a title to me. So that's what's going on in my life right now. All right, man, that's actually a good place to start. Um, let's go ahead and uh, we'll come back to the Texas roots. Tell us about being in Nashville and then tell us about those things that you have going. Yeah, so Nashville's crazy. Uh, I mean, I've been involved in music on some level for like 15 years, booking shows doing managing venues, doing, you know, really heavily involved. When I moved out to Nashville, got involved again, that wasn't the plan, but ran a venue there for two years and just was like 175 shows a year, just going nonstop. Nashville's a crazy town because it's like, it's like LA almost, because like celebrities are there Mm -hmm. and amongst the people, Right. but there's no paparazzi. So you get to know people, you get to like one-on-one, just jamming with some folks and get to learn more about people than just like pictures online and get to know personalities and you learn that everyone's a normal person you know like you get to meet some of like some people I if I had known 20 years ago I was gonna be hanging out with some people that I'm hanging out with I would have lost it just yeah no idea but that's awesome getting to know them they're normal people you know and um, I guess tell us about the uh, marketing stuff you do yeah so uh, that all just stemmed from music because half of that's marketing right like that's what you do in music, get the market really well, especially promoting live shows. Very much so. Uh, just got to the point where I was, I was working too much, just promoting shows nonstop. And so me and my wife started talking about what we want to do next, like what's a good place to go. And I said, marketing would be cool. Why don't we give that a shot? So I, I, I got a job as the marketing director for a, Harley, a group of Harley Davidson dealers. So I was over five, five stores running all their marketing, doing all that fun stuff. And around the same time, started doing my own stuff on the side. So for about two, two and a half years, I grew that business to the point where I'm now just doing that full time and having fun marketing people. It's, you know, it's, awesome. kind of, it's a fun thing. Yeah, what, um, where, where do you see that business in five years? You know, it's like, I think part of what I love doing is building something. Okay. And that's the, the part that I just love doing. Like, outside of building it, 
I don't care about it, right? So yeah, yeah, like, I, I can relate. <laughs> so like, if I can grow someone else's business, I'm really stoked on that and help them get to be somewhere better where they're making more money than they were the previous year. Same with my business. Like, at some point, if it just plateaus, then I'm gonna sell it. <laughs> what if, now, um, I don't know, I've seen that you were doing like a beard cream, some like men cosmetic line. Did that for a minute? Yeah, I did like that. Yeah, that was really awesome. You know, yeah. I sent that to Pete and uh, I like the way that you packaged it. I like the whole idea. Yeah, that was a uh, yeah flannel grooming. I, I ran that for a couple years. It's all handmade in our garage, so uh, it was it was fun to do. It was just became the market got. I got in maybe like six months too late. That market got saturated real quick. Had I gotten in just before then and had a little more marketing money, it would have been ridiculous. Yeah, like yeah. in time, it's all timing of business, awesome. right? Like it's just like anything in music business. Same with any business. Like it's timing. Like if you're in the right place at the right time. With the right product in front of the right people, you're gonna make the money. Like Absolutely. that's what it comes down to. That's very much true. Um, okay, and I guess let's uh, talk about Nashville for a minute. How do you like Nashville? It is cool. It's a, it's as a city with it, food and the culture. Yeah. So like, if, if you're from Texas, it's like a small Austin. So okay. the culture's cool, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like everyone just thinks country music, and it's that's very small. Like you, you've got Broadway, which is like the strip with all the neon lights and everything, where all the tourists go. That's what you think of Nashville. But outside of that, it's music, right? Like, very music-driven, very arts-driven. It's a very liberal city. So, like, just like Austin. Right. Um, it's a great place. And it's it's a small city, so, like, if, if, especially if you know anyone in the music world, you're only, like, one or two degrees separated from anyone that you can imagine. Okay, what about the, um, did you see the Vice, Vice Nashville show? No, I didn't see that. You didn't get to see that with Jelly Roll and Michael Knight? No, but... <laughs> But General's a cool dude. I, I, I've <laughs> got cool to dude. talk to him in passing on the Yellow Wolf tour. Yeah. Uh, but never got to really talk to him. But watch that. It's very interesting. I don't know what to think about it. It's almost like a spoof. They yeah. almost like parody Nashville. I've got to see it then, yeah. But yeah, you check it out. Yeah. And so, um, okay, this this connected to Texas. And uh, what do you prefer? Um, Tennessee barbecue or Texas barbecue? Oh, hands down, Texas. Okay. okay. Hands I just down. wanted to see where we were, man. <laughs> No, you know where I'm at. Uh, <laughs> Can't be I, brisky. And um, I guess, man, with that being said, uh, let's go in and just talk about uh, you growing up in Texas. If uh, where, Tell me where you grew up again. I know, but tell the people where you grew yeah, up. Yeah, Hillsboro, man. All right. Born in Dallas. We moved to Hillsboro when I was like four. Okay, so. and that's central Texas. Yeah. Um, tell me about, I know your family was actually into uh, uh, riding dirt bikes and stuff. Was that something that was developed before you got to Hillsboro? Uh, my... My grandpa rode motorcycles. My dad raced motocross. Then me and my brother started racing. My son has one now. Because <laughs> there was only a few kids in our area that yeah. actually did it. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't something that a lot of people did. No, no, it wasn't. It was my dad worked eighty plus hours a week to keep us riding. Like he, it was a, it was a family thing. That's yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, I guess where did you grow up in Hillsboro? <laughs> uh, between Walnut and Elm Street, both those Walnut. That was a. That area of town's totally different now than it was. My dad still lives in the same house on Elm Street. In fact, that's where we're staying while we're down. That's awesome. Actually, yeah, I drove by and seen him on the porch one day, and that was about as nostalgic as it gets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that same thing happened when I was 16. Um, how would you describe your growing up in Hillsboro, just a, a Texas upbringing? Yeah, I mean, since Hillsboro's in the middle of nothing, right? you have to drive at least 30 miles to get to Waco to get to something, which is what we all did in high school, right? You go to Waco. So there's nothing to do. Like it was, which I, I think was good. Honestly, like we all grew up knowing each other better than most people do. Probably we 
We go to parties and pills, just like Texas movies. We did that stuff. That we was real this. life. <laughs> Do you remember us skipping school with uh, Blake Holman? It was, that, was that when we went to get the Eminem album? The yeah. yeah was the March Matters LP? Yeah. And we were late getting back. We were late getting back. We got you got a ticket that day. Yeah, you got a ticket because I tried to get us back in time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> I was actually thinking about something else. Um, a friend was asking me. Um, he he said that he he grew up in a uh, predominantly uh, there was no black people in his town. There wasn't a big hip hop influence, so he learned to uh, his first dances was rock music. And I said, there's only been one instance where I went to a party and they was playing rock music, and that was your party. Your family owned a restaurant. Yeah. You had yeah. a party in the back. <laughs> And you played Nirvana, and I remember thinking, I had never been to a party where they played rock. Music. Yeah, you uh, know, we were hip. I was a hip hop kid. <laughs> I, I remember hearing uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit," and I'm thinking, like, I like this. I don't know what exactly is happening, <laughs> but I like it. And that was a, that's a very that's interesting. Um, so I guess uh, tell me about, I mean, tell me about the '90s in Texas and growing up. Man, it was a. Uh... Especially small town Texas, it was just slow. Like, I think like moving to Nashville made me appreciate being like going slow, right? Because Nashville is a fast-paced city because it's entertainment-based. So entertainment's right. all like you gotta stay on top of it, gotta stay on top of it. So looking back on it, I really appreciate how slow it was. Like just small town, not much to do. When we were in like elementary school, we would literally walk across town, which I can't imagine my kids doing now. Like, just sending them out to walk across town. But that's what we did. we walk everywhere. we go play baseball in our backyard. You know, like, all the stuff that kids these days will never understand because we're too afraid to let our kids do that now. And I don't know if it's actually founded. Like, if there's a, a legitimate reason for me to be that afraid or if it's just because when something goes wrong, we see it now because of media. So, I, I, that's what I, I appreciate more than anything was how slow it was. Just growing up in a tiny town where... I could walk across town, literally be gone all day long, no cell phones. No cell phones. <laughs> we would walk in, we'd go to each other's houses and just listen to music. That's kind of all we did. That's it. <laughs> that was a, yeah, I, that was the axis for which everything yeah. was spinning probably. Hey, that's probably how we connected and got cool. I remember the day, like Mark McCray, Mark Dellis, Chris Evans, I, the way the, the connection to me getting into them is basketball and music was yeah. my life. Well, I'm playing basketball and they have to walk through the gym to get through the gym and they have instruments. Yeah. So literally in the middle of a play, like the whistle blows and I'm looking at them like, what are y'all doing? And they said, we're going to rehearse. <laughs> so as soon as that game was done, I throw on my clothes, I run to the band and they're like, you know, we're doing this. And I'm like, the two intersections of my life were basketball and our sports and music. And that's, that's a lot of kids growing up in yeah. this small town, Texas. Like, either sports or music for oh, the God. first 18 years yeah <laughs> yeah speaking of music in a gym i remember a little project we had <laughs> yeah we we did a, actually i just did a, a spoof addition to the band for one show <laughs> a, a one-off performance and and i remember the funny thing about that is everyone thought i remember thinking like what can i do because i know people if I came out looking like a rapper, it wasn't gonna work. Yeah. yeah. So and I remember Brandon saying, Brandon Davis saying, you should, he should look like the rapper, and you should look like you're not supposed. To. And that was, I wore the preppiest thing that yeah. I have, and you wore the most hip hop eccentric thing. It was like can't hardly wait, Seth Green's character. Like that's what I went for. I was like goggles on the head. <laughs> can't hardly wait. Actually, came out what about your junior year? Sophomore? Yeah, it was '98 ish. So that's a good that. that's a that's a good frame of reference for people I'm, that don't know they should watch that movie Amanda Roche had a party 
Mm-hmm. That reminds me, that was similar to that party. There's still stories circulating and things happening that we probably could have filmed a movie about that party. Yeah, there's probably a lot of circumstances like that. Because like, also there was a um, Dazed and Confused, which was way before our time, right? But still very accurate, like the Phil party and like small town, nothing to do. We knew some older guys who still hung out with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> they got older, but the girls stayed the same age. Yeah, we knew those guys. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> did. Um, so I know after um, before you went to Nashville, you were involved in a uh, in the pump pop punk scene or the power pop scene that was brewing. I've uh, spoke to Jeff Rockwell about that and a couple other people of that scene. What do you remember about that time? And- Dude, that was crazy because that was uh, so. We'll, we'll use uh, the Texas quintessential band for the sickest kids right. for that, who were huge in that scene. Those kids, those dudes, they're not kids, they're dudes. <laughs> they're old enough. Jonathan has his own real estate team now. He's doing really well in that. But um, they, uh, I, I'd been booking them since they were the flip side. Like, and which that band. I was surprised they didn't get more traction. They were. I, I, I found their their EP on my phone the other day, or on my computer, and I was like, I listened well, to it, and I was like, this was good. Did like, you hear Jeff talk about it? He talks about that. So I need to go back and hear that Yeah, part. he explains okay. why Forever Sickest Kids happened in Flipside. Oh, yeah. It, but it was, it, again, it came, it, that timing issue. Timing. Was it's it. all about timing. Timing. And the marketing. They marketed themselves perfectly. So I remember, I remember going their first show, or the, well, Forever Sickest Kids, first show at the door in Fort Worth. And I remember walking in, and I was like I saw John. I saw all the dudes, and I was like, "Hey, what's going on?" Like I talked to them briefly because it was packed. It was crazy. First show, and I just walked around. I was like, "This is insane!" Like someone's first show ever being sold out, having the labels like having to tell certain labels to stop calling because yeah. they're not even offering like, and they're labels that a lot of people would be like, "Yeah, I want on that," but having to tell them to stop because it's not. I can't imagine being in that position. No, no, no. Like, it, it's wild. So that. That time was crazy. Like, it, I can't imagine, like, that. it won't ever happen again. No, no. The it, industry is, is totally different now, and it, it, it does not, like, it's not set up for anything like that. Here, here's something I want to say on there and talk it into, uh, talk it into existence. Um, I would like to get with you and maybe Mike Zimmer and do a documentary on that time. Yeah. I've, I've talked to him, and we, I mentioned that you would probably be somebody who would know what I didn't and kind of navigate the, but, um. Yeah, I think we should maybe see if we could. That's something we could work out. Yeah, I'm on the film side working on. They got a project now, so it might all like tie it. Well, I, I got some it. people. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the film stuff you're doing. Uh, so I can't talk a whole lot about it because okay. it's it, it is. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the backstory of it without getting into details because okay. I can't release too much yet. Um, because it, it, we're not sure what scope it's going to be. It's either going to be like a, a doc and a really sweet one, or it could be a series like. There's the right people involved that they could yeah. pitch it either way, um, but you know, as a serial entrepreneur, idea guy, like I just, it's it's great being in a space uh, in my life now where I can like have an idea and like contact the right people and let's try to get something rolling on it. So I was cooking, me and Crystal, my wife, were cooking dinner and uh, you know, just sipping on some whiskey and cooking dinner, listening probably probably listening to old country because that's what I do when I cook and. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in to part one of the Bobby Harris Off The Road Podcast. We'll have part two very soon. Don't forget to check back in. I'm Justin. This is Off The Road Podcast. Just chill to the next episode.